Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. Happy Easter. Let's see, if you were raised in a traditional church, you probably understand this Pascal uh, greeting, right? Do you know what that is? I say, he is risen, and you say, yeah, we don't do that here. So, now that that's just a little too um, somber for me. I'm going to say, he is risen, and you guys are going to shout, yay, right? He is risen. That's how we do it right there. He is risen indeed, you know. Nothing against that. I just want to remind you that uh, last week's message was pretty harsh. I'm surprised this many people came back. (laughs) I I hammered you. I hammered you. And the point was that you cannot save yourself. You can't be good enough. You know, and if we could forgive everybody the way Christ forgives us and everything, would we really need him to have died for us? And rise again. So, you know, I hammered you so that you would go into Good Friday weeping. How much you needed him and how much you could understand what he had done for us. And this whole Friday thing, you know, I, I have a hard time celebrating it because it really should be a very, very sad thing. I mean, this is how hard forgiveness is. You think that forgiveness is easy. Look what Jesus did for you on the cross. So, you know, before it was even light, he was arrested, he was betrayed, hauled before the the governor, Pontius Pilate, scourged, beaten, spit on. That's nothing to be celebrating at this point, right? They took him out and nailed him to the cross and then stood it up with him on it, for you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine taking your child and say, go ahead, I love all these people enough, take my, if you don't have a child, let's think about a little puppy, right? That's always a good one, right? Here, take my little puppy and nail him to a cross because I love these other people so much. Come on, you can't comprehend that. But that's how much he loved us. And he gives up his spirit and dies for you. I have a hard time celebrating that, but I'm so glad you did. Once you understand the kind of love and compassion, you begin to understand that you're resurrected too. You died with him and you were raised with him. So let's try this again. He is risen. There you go. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, We are here to celebrate the resurrection, and this is the pinnacle of Christianity, right? And, uh, you know, it's one of these things where I got to keep giving the same message over and over and over again. Well, you know how I wing it. I just like to start talking. I'll tell you what came up this week that I thought I better mention to you is you don't understand the emotion that's, when you read the word, I try to teach our people this. You've got to put it into their culture and understand what was going on. If you read this, you know, the Old Testament, you can read through there and think this is a very mean God. 
He did some really harsh things. But if you read that as a loving father would write or talk to their children, I have to discipline you, but with tears running down his face. You see, sometimes we're not reading it right. He's a loving God, and he, there's all this emotion. So let's look at the emotions of what was going on on Resurrection Sunday. Um, first of all, the apostles were scared to death, right? And here again, I want you to understand what their emotions were. They were locked in this upper room. Their, their Messiah had just been killed. And they didn't know what to do. They were scared to death. Now, the, the key is here that they were locked in that room. You understand, uh, I often say, why weren't they sitting in lawn chairs in front of the tomb waiting? But they didn't, didn't quite get it. They quite did, just didn't understand. If they would have, they probably would have been killed. So is there some protection they had by just hiding somewhere? What would you have done? Would you have been there waiting? He said, three days. You tear this temple down and I will rebuild it. They didn't quite get it. So what happens is Mary goes out with some spices and she's going to do, uh, you know, fix up the body to try to preserve it and everything. And the stone was rolled away. I'm sure most of you all understand this and have read this whole story. And the tomb's empty, and there's two angels in there that says he is risen, you know, and she runs back to the upper room where the apostles are and tries to tell him. Now, first of all, i got to do a little culture training here for you, okay? Uh, if Mary would have ran, she would have had to hike up her garment. It would have been against the law to show legs. You know, when you see a woman running like that, something is terribly wrong, and... You're not understanding the excitement. She was, she was so excited that she would have hiked up her gown and showed her legs and ran. And yet, you're still kind of scared, right? They took him. Where did they take him to? She didn't quite get it that he had been raised again. Peter and John go running back, and they look inside, and they see the linen that are in there and everything. And it actually says that they go back to their own home. Just like they'd given up. It's over, right? He's gone. Somebody's stolen. We don't know what happened. They didn't get it. And I want to make sure that you guys do. Here's some other things that, that you just don't understand. When Mary does go back and she sees Jesus there, she thinks he's the gardener. And he says, who are you looking for? And she says, they've taken my, my master. You know, she actually is looking for a person. This is the first clue that she was going to worship him. It, she wasn't looking for a thing. She was look, looking for a person. And she doesn't recognize him. And he says, Mary. Now, you all know, right, the, um, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And she gets it. And she says, Rabboni. It's, it's rabbi. Can you imagine the feeling? Now, most people came here probably with somebody, right? They've taken this person that you love, and you've seen them torture him and kill him and hang him on a cross, and he died. She saw him die, and then he was there. Can you, you just got to think about this emotion right now, right? What, what would you do? Would you, would you grab him? Just, oh my goodness, this is so great. And he says, touch me not. That's weird. 
right? You're, um, the original text says, touch me not. And you have to understand that this touch in the Greek word here would have been meant to cling to. So some of your paraphrases are actually going to correct this a little bit for you and say, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But yet, when he appears to Thomas, he says, touch me. He tells Mary not to touch him, but he tells Thomas to touch him. You know, stick your, just stick your finger here, stick your hand in my side. That's kind of weird, right? So if you don't understand the emotion that was going on here, they didn't get it. And Mary, I want you to think about Mary, thought, she knew that he was going to return, thought that he had died and he had returned. And boy, she was going to grab onto him and hold on to him. Just think about how much you love someone. And if you saw them die and then you saw them alive, you would grab onto them. And he tells her, I have not ascended yet. John 20, 17, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, and to my God and your God. She thought that Jesus had come back and he was going to be there to stay. And it didn't happen. He had not. This is why he says, I have not ascended to my father yet. He's trying to tell her it's not anything about the touch. It's, Mary, I'm just going to be here for a minute. i got to go. I'm not here to return. I'm not here to stay with you. And, of course, if you had seen somebody that you love like this die, and then you saw them alive, and you're clinging on to them, and you're saying, I will never leave you again. I'll never let this happen. I'm so glad you're back. And he wasn't back. Can you imagine the love she had for him? If somebody you really love was taken, scourged, you don't know what scourged is, right? Leather straps coming off of a, a wooden handle, and they had little barbs on the end so that when he hit on the flesh, it would grab. And when they pulled it back, it would rip. They scourged him, they spit on him, they mocked him, and they didn't understand what was going to happen. And she saw him alive wouldn't you have freaked out and he's telling her don't don't marry i have not returned yet i haven't even gone to the father yet you gotta let me go why was it so important that he had to go i'm sure she wanted him just to stay right there stay with us forever when he tried to tell the apostles that he was going to be killed they're like oh, we're never going to let that happen just think if they would have not let that happen this was the will of God for you. Forgiveness of sin is hard. And that's what you see when you see Jesus hanging on the cross and dying. We need to try hard. But you cannot forgive the way that he forgives. I just don't know whether it's possible. Some of you are probably better than me. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift from God. You can't be good enough. Your sins were forgiven on the cross. And it showed the forgiveness. It showed the love. He demonstrates the love of the Father 
by dying for you. But the resurrection was actually showing us that there was eternal life. It defeated the grave. Confucius is still in the grave. Muhammad's in the grave. Right? Buddha's in the grave. Jesus' grave is empty. That is the difference between a living God and a dead God. He had to raise, he had to leave, he had to leave the Holy Spirit with us. And it's this Holy Spirit that when it comes over us, then they started to get this peace amongst them. He tells them that he's going to go and he's going to leave a helper. You understand that when the Holy Spirit did come, then they got it. This is one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. And when you get the Holy Spirit as well, you'll get it. You'll get just how amazing this is. We can't save ourselves. He had to die. He had to be resurrected. And he had to go back to the Father. Otherwise, he wouldn't have left the Holy Spirit with us. And we need that Spirit so bad. And it's a Spirit that gives us understanding. It says that it will remind us of everything that he said. That's what they didn't get at the time. They didn't take it all in, what was going to happen. Do you? Do you get it? This is what makes a difference between a Christian and somebody that's just pretending to be a Christian. And that's probably not a very nice thing to say on Easter because people come to, you know, Easter once in a while and... um, Pastor's going to hammer you here for a minute, you know. See, I didn't think this many people would come back, so. Um, you know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian, right? The, the fish on the back of your car, the necklace you wear around your neck, and bumper stickers, and post it on Facebook. I can post anything on Facebook. It doesn't make you a Christian. The Christianity is a heart thing. And it changes you. And this is available to you if you just ask for the Holy Spirit to come. If you understand what's happened, what had to happen for your sin. Yes, you were that bad. Your sins were on that cross. And by the way, the tomb is not empty. It doesn't have Jesus' body in it, but it's got all our sin in it. He left it there. Can you even fathom giving up your child, for a bunch of people that won't even speak your name. You wouldn't even a puppy. But he did for you. And you. And you. Everybody that would just ask him to come into their life. This is what wouldn't have happened if he would have stayed. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you will be also. Would there have been a place prepared for you? He had to ascend. And they actually saw this. Now, this is just amazing, right? And we'd all like to have this kind of revelation, right? I've talked to so many people that, well, if I'd gone through what you've gone through, maybe I'd understand a little bit better. You don't want to go through stuff. You, You want this sign, right? 
You, you want God to give you a sign how real he is and how all this fit together and all the knowledge. You want all these questions answered. And you can't. You can't handle it. Some people say, I need God to do something in my life so that I'll believe more. Don't ask for that. A lot of people have come to know Christ in a crisis. Are you really asking for that? When you could just ask him now, here today, that would actually be a blessing to not have to go through what a lot of people have gone through. I had to go through a difficult situation when Abby was born. I don't wish that on any of you guys. Don't ask for that. Just accept it. Now, they actually got to see him ascend, right? Luke 24, 50 through 52. <clears throat> when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They got it. They understood what was happening. They actually got to see him ascend. Don't ask for that. Because what it's going to take is actually going to be his return. And we have a lot of people that we need to work on. We've got a lot of souls to save. There's going to be a lot of nice people in hell. Oh, did I just say that on Easter? Right? Everybody's a nice guy, right? Every, everybody thinks they're a nice person and everything, and I can manage my own life, thank you. I, I'm going to be just fine. we got some work to do, you guys. And if you're asking to have some sort of a revelation in your life where Jesus is so present, when the Holy Spirit comes over you so much, you better get ready for what you're asking for. When you could just say, Live in me. Teach me. Show me. And you'll get it. Will the worship team get ready? i got to get these people out of here. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They went from fear and doubt to great joy. After they saw him ascend, the Holy Spirit came over them, and they became very bold. I'm not telling you all to be bold. I'm just telling you to be a little more brave. Peter stands up and starts telling them, you guys killed the Messiah. Now, you know, he would have been so scared to begin with, right? We were just talking about how they probably would have been killed if they would have been standing at the tomb. All of a sudden, they got it. The Holy Spirit comes, fills them full of knowledge and wisdom. They see their Messiah be raised into to heaven alive and they got it do you when you do you will get this kind of peace that comes over you and you know abby's going to lead out a song here that really is the life story of peter and it's actually amazing some of the words in there i'm just going to read you suddenly the air filled with a strange and sweet perfume this is what happens when you accept and the Holy Spirit moves in. Light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room. Guilt in my confusion 
disappeared in sweet release. And every fear I ever had just melted into peace. That's the Holy Spirit at work. For the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to the remembrance of all things I have said to you. Accept this Holy Spirit in your life and you'll start to get some of this stuff. Good Friday will never be the same. I mean, I just pretty much cried all day. I sent out these texts to a certain group of people. It's just hard. I'm bad. I can't do it myself. And that's what he had to go through for me. Do you ever take this personal? How about a headline, right? Um, tomorrow morning's paper. I'm, I'll pick on some of you. That's why nobody's sitting in the front row, right? Christ rises for Rhonda. You fill in your name. Christ resurrected for Jane. Christ died, forgave, and returned for Rob. You put your name in that thing, and you'll start to get it, just what's happened. And if you've got a child or a puppy at home, think about sending them off with a bunch of thugs that are going to do despicable things to them, nail them to a cross, and just wait for them to die. He died from suffocation. The crucifixion, the cross, was a torture device that actually made you hang down. It, it made you hang forward and you couldn't breathe. And you know what you ever see on the, on the crucifixion? They got that little ledge by their feet. That's there kind of as a torture. You could push yourself up to get a breath. You push your feet out down on the little ledge and you catch a breath. It's something that suffocated you because of your weight, weight just hanging. And that's why they came along and they broke their legs so that they couldn't push themselves up anymore. Let's get this done, right? These people have lasted too long. This was all done for you. When you get it, all the confusion, all the questions will melt into peace because Peter's life is no different than ours. He was confused, he doubted three times, Right? He was scared, and then he got it, and you can get it today. So let's try this one more time. He is risen, yeah. right? That's a Christian. That's what Christians do right there. And I'm not saying that the other people are wrong, but I'm not going to stand there and say he is risen indeed, because I once cling to him and just cried. I got it. I get it now. And I want to tell everybody that you can have it too, and you don't have to go through what a lot of people did. Just accept it. You believe. You're saved by grace through faith, not fact. If you need him to show up in your life and let you know just how real he is, it could be really bad. Don't plan on that. Don't ask for that. If Christians would start acting more like Christians, people would see Christianity different. Why don't we do that? We can be kind and gentle, faithful, good, patient, have self-control, but the best is the love, peace, and joy. When you get what he did for you, 
and what is still doing for you and what he left you with, that's what comes over your life. You start acting like a Christian, and more people will see Christianity different. Let's do better. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. I just weep to think about the things that I've done. I'm sorry. Thank you for sending Jesus. But I'm so sad that he had to go through that for me. God, I am a sinner. But from this day forward, I accept Jesus into my life as the Lord of my life. And I'll try to do my best from this point forward. But God, I need you to be in my life to show me because I can't do it without you. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us. Let us be the people that you want us to be. We'll act like Christians so people will see Christianity different. It's in Jesus' name we live this place. Amen. He is risen. There you go. Hey, would you stay with us one more time?